Hello, hello, and welcome to the Love Doctor Podcast, research-informed advice that can lubricate any conversation about sex. My name is Leah Tidy, and I'm glad to have you here. Today on the show, I answer your questions about orgasming with a vibrator versus a partner, what lubes you should use with condoms, and how to introduce sex toys into your relationship. I also share my interview with the hilarious sex toy aficionado and author of Sex and Samosas, Jasmine Aziz. We talk about our past shitty relationships and what her number one sex toy recommendations are. But first, today in sex. What are eco-friendly sex toys? Like, does that mean a cucumber? Or like a wooden dildo? Like, what's the deal? As with so many industries these days, there's a push to be more eco-friendly and sustainable. But it can be hard to tell the legit stuff from companies that are just greenwashing their products. And sex toys, mm mm-hmm, they are no exception. But when it comes to products that you put on or in your body, you kind of want to know what they're made of. Some of the most recommended sex toys in general are made out of surgical-grade silicone because it isn't porous, you know, it doesn't have a bunch of tiny holes in it like some other of those cheaper plastics and rubbers, and they are super easy to clean. But what if you want to avoid plastic or eliminate the need for batteries? And what the heck do you do with a toy once it breaks down? After sifting through an insane amount of eco-friendly sex toys or ultimate guides to zero-waste sex articles, I found one that I love and I want to share with you today. This is a Vice article called A Guide to Sex Toys That Don't Totally Ruin the Planet, and it's written by Helen Muriel Thomas. It's not only hilarious, but it is hugely informational. I mean, the first obvious answer is to use your hands, because those are definitely the most eco-friendly and economical. Or you could go to your local grocery store or farmer's market. You could pick up a nice cucumber or a zucchini, depending on, you know, what's in season. But you'll need to put a condom on it. And as Helen says, it seems like a waste of a single-use condom and a perfectly good vegetable. Thankfully, Helen does a deep dive into other eco-friendly options, cucumbers not included, but including the Leaf Plus vibrator, a sustainable wooden dildo, a recyclable glass dildo, the solar-powered bullet, and the low-air mile wand for folks in the UK. Now, each has their pros and cons, but I am stoked that we're thinking about eco-friendly options in the sex toy world. For myself, a huge deciding factor is where a product is made and how far it has to travel to get into my hot little hands. Another is making sure you're still using safe materials for your body because you getting an infection or injuring yourself from a sex toy, yeah, that's not good for anyone, including the planet. Also, the most eco-friendly sex toy is the one you already have. And if it's really not doing it for you or you have to replace batteries, which by the way, a lot of places can actually recycle batteries now, then just make sure you recycle them properly, which our dear friend Helen shares resources for in her amazing article. And regardless, if you've never owned a sex toy in your life, or if you have an entire closet dedicated to these gadgets, then you are in for a treat with the top sex toy recommendations from Jasmine Aziz coming up later in this episode. And now let's get to your calls. Hi, Leah. I have a question for you. I have a very high libido and I love having sex, but I rarely orgasm during sex. When I masturbate, I always use a vibrator and consistently have awesome orgasms. And although I think it's super hot to use toys during sex, I'd love to be able to direct my partner and orgasm without relying on one. So I guess my question is, 
is it possible that I can't orgasm without a vibrator? And is that something I need to communicate to my partners? Or should I be doing some more exploration without toys to try to get there? Thank you so much for sending in your question. And I I just really love how you identify your high libido and that you consistently have awesome orgasms with a vibrator. Now, obviously, sex is not all about orgasms, and it can actually put a lot of pressure on us to orgasm if that's the goal. You know, ultimately, it can make it that much harder to orgasm if all you're thinking about is, oh, my God, am I going to come? Am I taking too long? What's happening? But I can understand your desire to orgasm in partnered sex as well. First, I think masturbating with your partner or partners and showing them how you like it could be super hot, and it would make space for them to feel confident in how to use it. It can be hard to know exactly what feels good when we're using toys on our partners, and doing a little show and tell would be hugely helpful. If your partners are invested in your pleasure, then they should be stoked to learn what gets you off and what feels good. Also, using toys is slowly but surely working its way out of that stupid shame box that society has put it in, and using toys to orgasm is by no means a deficiency and doesn't make it unnatural or whatever other garbage is out there. There is no shame in using a toy, especially if it brings you pleasure. But to the main part of your question, is it possible to orgasm without a vibrator? This is difficult to answer because it varies from person to person. While our bodies are amazing and they can offer an incredible amount of pleasure, it would be nearly impossible for your tongues or fingers to create quite the same frequency of vibration or intensity that a vibrator can offer. You know, what is common, though, is creating that that neural pathway or that narrative in our minds that when we do this specific act in this specific way, we are able to orgasm. So when we don't do that precise thing, it can be harder for our mind and our bodies to adjust. As I've said before, our brains are the largest sex organ we have, and that's why experiences of shame and stigma, well, they have such a huge impact on what happens in our bodies. So, caller, I think you are definitely on the spot by suggesting trying out different positions and sex acts that would feel pleasurable to you. I think framing it around pleasure instead of orgasm would be a great first step because by removing that pressure to orgasm, you can more fully invest in the pleasurable experience and allow yourself to explore more freely and to be present. Also, communicating with your sexual partners that a vibrator is how you consistently orgasm is awesome, and it can lead to some really fun exploration together on what feels good with the vibrator and without the vibrator. Then you start creating new narratives in your mind about what feels good and what might ultimately lead to orgasm, alone or with partners. There isn't a ton of research out there about vibrator dependency, which alone is kind of a problematic phrase. But I did find an article by Dr. Duana Welch that cites the research, and basically lack thereof, on vibrators and orgasms. Now, I also found some research about the impact of sex toys on relationships, but a lot of the research is created around sexual orientation and gender identity, where our experiences are mediated by these two factors. For example, there are studies where heterosexual men report low sexual satisfaction in the relationship, which use sex toys, but the sex toy, well, that might not be the main factor here. It might actually be the rather incorrect but unfortunately innocuous belief that sex toys are some sort of commentary on masculinity and sexual performance. However, a large proportion of queer women who reported using sex toys had really high sexual satisfaction. So using a sex toy or having a sexual partner who wants to use a sex toy, 
that doesn't make you a bad lover. And it all comes down to how we communicate about the experiences we want to have in partnered sex. It also had to do with how we perceive our partner's pleasure, and it can actually increase intimacy from using sex toys together. Of course, all of these articles are linked in the episode description, as well as a research article about men's perception of sex toy use in heterosexual relationships. What I want to leave you with, Caller, is a sense of pride in your ability to feel pleasure. That if you use sex toys or not, there is an incredible capacity to experience so many different things and to focus on that instead of the need to orgasm. Don't get me wrong, orgasming is awesome, but you might just find that as soon as you, as soon as you stop pressuring yourself to orgasm in a certain way, doing certain things, then you can start to enjoy yourself more deeply and you might even orgasm easier. I hope that helps you and totally check out those resources that I have linked in the episode description. Let's take another call. Hi, Leah. Or should I say Dr. Tidy? It's got such a good ring to it. Um, Question for you. I've noticed a few um, local companies putting different compounds in their lube. Um, One example would be hyaluronic acid, which I'm guessing is not a problem since the vagina is already acidic um, environment. But I was wondering for those who use condoms, um, what are ingredients to look out for in lubes? Thanks so much. Oh, I am so glad that we are talking about lube. It is a wonderful addition to sex and it can make it so much more pleasurable. There's a great example I heard the other day about lube that helps demystify it and why it can make sex of so many different varieties so damn good. Let's say I'm having breakfast and I want to add a few splashes of hot sauce. That doesn't make my potatoes deficient or not good enough, but it just takes it up a few notches and it makes it mm, that much better. Now that's the same deal with lube. Also, there are so many companies that are now making lube that it can be super overwhelming deciding which is best for you and how it all works. There's an excellent article called The Ultimate Guide to Eco-Friendly Sex, which talks about the various materials that condoms and lubricants are made out of. Now, in particular, you ask about hyaluronic acid, which is appearing in lubricants and it can be used for vaginal dryness. I am not an expert by any means, but from what I've seen, there is some research on its effectiveness, but all of our bodies are different and they may react in different ways. Now, most of the research out there has also focused on using it as a vaginal moisturizer and not necessarily lubrication. So basically, we still need more info. It probably won't harm you, but my main piece of advice is to talk to a healthcare provider about what options might be best for you. But there are a few things that I want to share right now that are super important to know when we're choosing condoms and lube and whether or not they're compatible. So let's break it down. External condoms or condoms that are used on the penis, they can be made of lots of different materials. But the most common type used in Canada, they're made from latex rubber. So with latex condoms, you can use a variety of water-based or silicone-based lubricants. You know, there's actually even a cool-sounding like aloe vera lube. It's called Dame Aloe Lube, and it's water-based, organic, has a pH balance that matches with vaginas, and it's glycerin, paraben, hormone, and sugar-free. So yeah, sounds pretty sick. However, you do not, I repeat, do not want to use oil-based lubricants because it can degrade the latex material and cause them to break. 
These include Vaseline, cold cream, baby oil or ocean, mineral oil, massage oil, vegetable oil, Crisco, hand or body lotion, and most skin creams. Now, I definitely don't recommend Vaseline, by the way. Uh, You're better off using natural oils. I love me some coconut oil myself. But using specifically created oil-based lubes is way better, but ultimately not a friend of latex condoms. Now, condoms that are made from polyurethane, or non-latex condoms, these are also an option. Although they can be effective in preventing pregnancy and STIs, they do have higher rates of breakage and slippage than latex condoms. However, they provide a great alternative for people who are allergic to latex. Now, internal condoms, ones that go inside the vagina or the anus as opposed to on the penis, these are also non-latex and they are safe to use with oil-based lubes. Now, there are also some natural condoms out there made out of the intestinal membranes of lambs, but yeah, there can be a few reasons why you might not choose that option. (laughs) However, there are more and more eco-friendly condom options becoming available all the time. However, there's such a range of materials being used, and it's hard to say which lube will be best suited. So really, whatever you are buying, make sure you know what it's made out of so you know what lube to pair with it. You know, the one eco-friendly condom that actually sounds really good is Glide, and it's based out of Australia, and it's a B-certified organization. It also claims to be ethical, fair trade, and vegan, so it kind of sounds like the perfect condom. Okay, so my last bit of advice when it comes to lube and condoms, and sex toys, as we're about to get into with Jasmine. The main thing is, as much as possible, try to buy local. There are so many great local sex shops, so do a little Google search on what is close to you. If you do need to buy from a larger company, though, try and buy it from the company directly and basically just avoid Amazon if you can. That goes for, like, all things, not only sex toys. Speaking of sex toys, I got a ton of great questions through Instagram, and in my interview with Jasmine, we tackle so many of them. While there is definitely still stigma around sex toys, I hope that hearing how much fun Jasmine and I had talking about them, it will help you feel just a bit more at ease. You know, and it might even offer some great ways to introduce sex toys into the bedroom, either alone or with partners. Now, before we get to our interview, here's a hilarious review that I just, I need to share it with you. So this is a five-star review from Amanda539 on Apple Podcasts. And it's called The Best Thing Since Compostable Vibrators. (laughs) Amanda says, I have only experienced shame, ego, and stereotyping-centered conversations around these topics before. Leah is honest and inclusive with hints of humor throughout, which makes for easy listening and learning or unlearning. Loving all the unique guest perspectives she is getting on the show and people calling in. Oh, and she has resources and articles that accompany every conversation, which I am sure takes time and effort, but is so appreciated. I wish someone half as inclusive and educated as Leah was around when I was younger. Thank you so much, Amanda. Your your review, it gave me a really good laugh, and it, yeah, it makes all of the research and work that I do here, it makes it so worth it. And now, speaking of unique guest perspectives that you mentioned, Amanda, here is my interview with sex toy expert and author of Sex and Samosas, Jasmine Aziz. 
Hi, how are you doing today, Jasmine? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I found my earbuds. It's a good day. <laughs> I'm feeling really good, actually. Yeah, it's a good oh, day. Good. I'm actually on vacation this week, so I'm relaxed and I'm, I'm focusing on writing all week. So it's really, it's been nice. Oh, nice. Oh, I really appreciate like, you giving up some of your time to chat with me. Yeah, happy like, to. Any holiday time is very precious, especially right now. So yeah, I it's very much value that. Oh, well, thank you. No, I, I, I'm honored. I'm flattered to be here. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so <laughs> what I'd like to do right at the beginning is for you to introduce yourself. You know, what do you do and why are you so passionate about it? <laughs> well, I am a retired vibrator seller. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for four wonderful years, I sold vibrators door to door. You know, I was invited in. It wasn't like ding dong. Let me in. I got dildos. <laughs> I actually was invited into the house. And uh, it was one of the, like, I've had a lot of jobs. I worked in sales all my life uh, for the majority of my life. And uh, and it's what was one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was the most rewarding job I've ever had. And But my heart and soul bleeds right so mm-hmm. I wanted to, when I left that, that industry and that business, I wanted some way to find a, uh, like a nice way to pair those two together. So nice. I started uh, writing. I was in the middle of a really bad breakup, so I needed to, the outlet anyway. So mm-hmm. I found the outlet and it was really conducive to talking about sex. It's like, I, I don't know if this happens to you as well, Leah, but I don't ask to talk to about sex when I, you know, go to the acupuncturist, for example, this mm. just happened to me. Uh, but without, <laughs> I'm just sitting there and he's making little circles on my arm. And next thing I know, he's talking about his sex life. And it, it's not like he knows what I, you know, the name of my book. He doesn't know my podcast. He doesn't know anything about me. He just, mm. it's just uh, something uh, about me that makes people want to talk about it. So it mm. became, it's, it's what I'm very passionate about, just disseminating information for people so that they don't feel like it's a taboo and they can mm-hmm. talk about it because I definitely come from a, two cultures. Like I'm born in Canada, but my background is Indian and it's not a culture that talks openly about it despite having allegedly written the Kama Sutra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Most of the time. And this is like also very much in Canadian culture. It's like, don't talk about sex, but then you get married and you're supposed to have a very fulfilling sex life. Yes without ever talking about it or learning how your body works, how your partner's body works. I just never understood that disconnect. Like, it's just fascinating to me. But I was also going to say that that is definitely something that happens to me as well. Like, but what a compliment that when you're just walking out in the world, people are like, this is someone I'm going to talk to about sex. And sometimes I forget that it's like, something that other people are really uncomfortable about because you know at Christmas I started talking about erectile dysfunction and masturbation with with older adults and you know I didn't realize that maybe my family didn't want to hear about that but I was like well (laughs) this is important information for everyone here regardless of age. It is. It's true. It's very true. And and it's almost like you were at my Christmas table because <laughs> masturbation almost always comes up. I have to say, it's one of those little things in life that you're like, when it first happens, you discover, I've had this toy in my room the entire, my entire adult life. Where, why haven't I been playing with it every single day? And it's, it's yeah. just so much fun. And then, you know, I just want everyone to to enjoy that experience and not my personal experience, obviously, but I'm, you know, to just enjoy uh, their bodies. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it is something that people are still really uncomfortable talking about. I understand it. I, I, I mean, I get it because I've, 
as soon as I'm the kind of person that as soon as I love something or I, I, I really believe in something, I want everyone to know about it. So that's mm-hmm. what made me very good at sales. I was just always like, I'm excited about something and I want you to get excited about it. I'm yeah. going to tell you all the great reasons it's, it's going to change your life. So I, I'm very comfortable talking about anything, mm-hmm. virtually anything. So uh, it, w- it made sense for me to pair the two, the sales and the toys, but it was still something that I was not it wasn't warmly embraced by my family. Mm. I'll say that. Like, you know, of course my mother was like, you can sell anything. Why do you have to sell vibrators? And I said, because people, women especially need this information. And, uh, as women, I don't know how much you found this, but a lot of us tend to lie about Mm. what, what we're doing, how, what we're, you know, how our relationships are, uh, there's like, mm-hmm. you can put up an Instagram post about how, you know, happy you apparently look, but behind closed mm-hmm. doors, there's a whole other story going on there. And there's yeah. this, there's a stigma attached to saying, you know, I'm not happy every single day. I don't wake up, you know, um, have amazing sex, get on the bus, go to work, come back, have some more amazing sex, and then cook this amazing meal. Like it's not, people aren't living in, in the X-rated Disney versions of, in my mind. Yeah. Well, I think everyone should be. <laughs> I should write an X-rated Disney movie. I just thought of that. <laughs> that would actually be excellent. I would definitely fun. watch that. <laughs> okay, cool. Right. <laughs> well, I think so much that's that narrative, you know, and I think like predominantly for, for women and folks with vulvas, like that is the idea that not only is your body meant for someone else's pleasure, but it's not all about understanding how it how it works and what feels good. And so yeah, that that lying about, yeah. you know, am I orgasming or not? Or oh, maybe I'm taking too long to orgasm. And yeah. and that's what I love about your book, Sex and Samosas, because I just feel like we have all been Lena. And I think there's yeah. such there's just this belief that if especially for you and I, because we talk about sex all the time, that we just walk through the world having amazing sex lives and feeling wonderful about our bodies all the time. I'm like, well, that's not true. It's not even true for me. I mean, you know, like I've been Lena, I've been Mahjong, I've been all the characters in my book. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I I, thank you for picking up my book. Actually, thank you so much. That's a lovely compliment. I, I wanted to create this character that that has all of the vulnerabilities I would see in women when I would do my presentations mm-hmm. and sort of amass all of those feelings into one, one person, but specifically one who's dealing with cultural issues. And it's only mm-hmm. after I started doing readings and, and the book got out that it started to reach women of all different cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how it's just spread all over. It's global, like how, how the issue is just, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter, you know, what country you were born in. It, it's a conversation that has to be had that isn't being had and it's still taboo. So yeah. I'm really proud that I wrote it. I'm happy that I wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a good friend of mine, Aliza Villani, who actually suggested that I read Sex and Samosas. I love her. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> I have not met her, but I I swear <laughs> on anything you want to put in front of me that that woman is born to play me in some kind of version of the... I, I'm trying to pitch a story about the four years I was selling toys, and mm-hmm. I can totally see her playing Jasmine. So I wonder if you could maybe like go back to the beginning. How did you get into selling vibrators <laughs> and the, the stories that are in here? Oh my gosh, like... I wanted to be at that sex party right at the very end. I want. And that's why I, I want. I really want Aliza to play Jasmine in a in a TV series, and I think CBC is ready now with Schitt's Creek success and stuff like that mm-hmm. to have something a little edgier. 
we're ready in Canada for this kind of show about a brown yes. girl who's in a really bad relationship and sells vibrators on the side. So what happened to me was, uh, I, like I said, I was in sales all my life and I worked in my mm-hmm. family business. We had a handicraft store. We sold a lot of Indian stuff. So I, I literally grew up in our fa- doing business mm-hmm. and I was dating this jackass. Mm-hmm. And I was not, it was the first long-term relationship of my life. And I was in my thirties. Um, and I had only just had sex for the first time, maybe a couple of years before I met him. So right. all this deep seated, wicked stuff started going, need to come up to the surface. So mm-hmm. I thought my friend was saying, oh, I'm going to this adult sex toy party. Do you want to come? And I said, oh yeah, sure. Cause you know, I'm definitely going to try it. This is going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm at the peak of my sexual peak. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. I went and the consultant was in a word awful. She was stiff. Oh, no. <gasps> no pun intended. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> she, was just, she was very clinical. I even rem- like, I don't know if I've even made this up in my mind, but she was wearing like a clinician's coat. She just, she looked like a doctor talking about sex. It was oh, awful. No. There's all these women. And I, like I said, at that time I was in my early thirties, women in their mid to forties to early fifties where I am now. And they were just asking questions, innocent questions about, mm. you know, the toys or the sexuality or something. She just shot them down one, two, three, four. So I was just like, from a sales perspective going, oh my God, Shelly is seriously losing the room. So I'll, yeah. I naturally just made a couple of jokes. Like I made a joke about um, the Benoit balls came out and I said, oh, Shelly, excuse me, but if you were, if you want to play a sex game with your partner, could you stuff those in your vagina and play ping, like a ping pong game, like a pinball <laughs> wizard? You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was like, put your hand down. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, fine. I'm scared of Shelly. And then I made a couple more inappropriate jokes and everyone in the room lightened up, laughed, you know, and I felt like I should probably shut up because I don't, I don't know anybody. I knew nobody at this party. Mm-hmm. So at the end I was just like, I'm going to the kitchen, I'm getting a brownie and I'm getting the hell out of here because yeah. it's awful. I'm not buying anything from this woman. And I, no word of a lie, five women I have never met in my entire life came up to me after the presentation. So what happens is in these presentations, the hostess goes, or the consultant goes upstairs to the hostess bedroom usually, and they have all the sales up there. So mm-hmm. she's away from everyone. And all these women were asking me personal questions like, Oh, you know, it's my first time with a vibrator. Which one would you recommend? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Because like, I really, I like, I had no idea. And Mm. uh, one lady was asking me questions about a foot fetish. She had her husband had a foot fetish. So I was like, wow, I have very cute feet. So I said, Oh, I can talk to you for hours about this because I'm constantly trying to stuff my feet into my partner's mouth. (laughs) Always, all the time. It's so much fun. So we're having a good time. and, And my girlfriend is sitting next to me and she said, you just made that woman 500 bucks. And she's, you should sell this stuff. So that's how it started. But then I was, I still, I left that night thinking, no, no, I can't possibly sell vibrators and dildos. What would people think? So the next day, a girlfriend of mine comes into our family business and she is the most beloved slut I know. Like the woman just (laughs) sleeps with everyone, anyone. She just loves sex. She loves it. And so we're talking about it. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell you the story. I went to the sex party and she didn't even have a vibrating butt plug. And my girlfriend looks at me and she says, what's that? And I said, how do you, of all people, not know what a vibrating butt plug is? And she said, well, I don't have, I don't know. I want one. Tell me what I want it. Give it to Where me. Where do I'm I get like, it? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't have it on me. <laughs> so and that moment is my, my aha epiphany moment where I was like, oh my God, I just convinced somebody who I'm pretty sure has done everything to try something new. 
And she was so excited. It was the look of excitement on her face that I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. So I researched it and I looked into it and I thought, yeah, I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. And the first first party I ever did was a disaster of all kinds. Like it was just awful. I was sweating through my clothes. I was saying everything by the book and halfway through and the girls were not paying attention to me. Sex mm-hmm. in the City had come out. It was like the peak of this of that show. Like they stopped my presentation so they could watch the show. I had no control over anything. It was awful. And at the breaking point, I was like, that's it. I've had enough. You guys are just going to listen to me. We're not, we're not supposed to tell personal stories, but I was like, this is why my boyfriend's a jackass. And this is why I love this toy. Bam. And then the first girl that came into my office, uh, into my private sales room said, she closed the door to my surprise. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, great presentation, Jasmine. You did a really good job. Okay. You got to help me because my husband says, if I don't give him oral sex, he's going to leave me. And I don't think I've ever had an orgasm. Wow. And I said, uh, okay, well, I'm not allowed to counsel you because I'm not a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. And also I think your pro- husband has a, you've got big issues. Like it's not about oral sex. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And it, what do you mean you think you've had an orgasm? And this was the first woman, first sale, first woman that came into my office. And, it, and honestly, Leah, from there, it just, it, it went exponentially worse. I would see all these beautiful souls and they had nobody to talk to. And she, this is a woman who's in front of her friends, her best friends, mm-hmm. right? And she can't speak to them about it. Yeah. So it started me thinking, oh, what's going on? So my sales presentations became more refined, not unlike a, a stand-up comic show, actually, honestly. And by the end of it, I was like, <laughs> it's just like everyone was like, you need to take this on the road. So, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But it was fun. It was so much fun. And it was so rewarding to get emails from people. I used to say, if you never had an orgasm, today's your birthday. And then I yeah. get all these emails saying happy birthday. And I start crying. I still get, I get so choked up and, and it happens even, that's why I put it in the book. It happens even now when people have read after they've read my book and they're like, you know what? I think they do want to try a vibrator. And the next thing, you know, it's beautiful. Well, being able to have that kind of direct impact I can only imagine, like, I've only experienced a very, like, minor part of that from, like, doing this podcast and from hearing from people being like, you know, because of, so I'm I'm a bisexual woman, so I came out as, as bi kind of, it wasn't a big ta-da, I was just like, oh, by the way, that's just who I am. Was that the same dinner at, with the, your Christmas dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that series of- Save it for this Christmas, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it was just so rewarding to hear from one of the listeners being like, you know, I actually, because I listened to your podcast and it made me feel brave enough to then tell my family that I'm also bi. Oh, wow. It's, it's those wow. moments. And that just sounds exactly like how empowering is it to not only have an awareness of your own body, but then to help people on that own journey. And I think that's where yeah. sex toys get I mean, they get such a bad rap even now. There's still so much stigma and taboo. But the yeah. way that it can just open you up and just yes. not know that your body can experience this thing, I think that's what's so exciting about them. It's so exciting. And you know what I love is like I'm 52 now. And so my body has changed considerably mm-hmm. since I was in my 30s. And so I get to watch it from the from a perspective of being on the inside out. And what I love about vibrators especially is, and I think it's partly because I'm a writer, is that you play that movie in your mind when you're playing with a toy, right? And it's mm-hmm. it, I see as I'm aging how that story's changing. And I find that fascinating. I find uh, everything about it fascinating and enlightening. And I find energy, good energy comes from that base chakra, from that part of your body where you draw all your humanness and your energy and your life, your root 
Uh, it's mm-hmm. very exhilarating. You can see it. People transform when they tap into that energy. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I'm amazed. I'm still amazed that this is something that people don't put a value on. Like it's, it's important to spend time with yourself before you spend time with anyone else. It's so important. Absolutely. Well, and that's what I find is such a, a beautiful thing because you've essentially condensed, I mean, not that you can, but like those four years into the book. And what I love is, you know, it's Lena does all of those things that we've been told that we probably should do, like take a mirror and actually like look at your vulva. And like, how many times do you tell people to do that? And how many times do they actually do it? It's like, no, seriously, like, you know, if your partner or partners is going down on you, and they know, like what it looks like better than you do, well, then how how are any of you supposed to figure out like what feels good other than tap yes no like what you know so just I'm, honk, honk, I'm coming in yeah that's yeah, the exactly. way to say my presentation <laughs> it's true and it, you know what we're not also not in a culture that celebrates the uniqueness of each woman's body mm-hmm. and you know and the, the beauty of of that that sacred space and yeah. it's so magnificent and it's it's something that's just not i think there's so much stigma attached to it when we're, when we're younger when we're very young and uh, I, I used to say this in my presentations all the time men are very lucky because they're born with their genitals on the outside of their body so mm-hmm. they're in their crib one day saying you know P- uh, winnie the pooh's not doing it for me anymore it looks down and goes oh my god what's this right. and he's happy for the rest of his natural life <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice you get to see it every day so yeah. that's nice but you know that's why i wanted that scene in the in the book to be so um lighthearted comedic but but poignant at the same time because mm-hmm. it isn't the easiest thing in the world for you to just lift your unless you're a ballerina or something <laughs> i can't do it just lift my leg right up and go oh that's what she looks like <laughs> okay hi nice to meet you and i used to say that in my presentations if nobody ever tells you you're beautiful i'm telling you you're beautiful you're so gorgeous just the way you are so mm-hmm. celebrate it and and celebrate yourself yeah. But know what you look like, know what works and poke around in there. <laughs> See yeah. what, you know, it's different for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Well, what I'm wondering about now too is what have you kind of like seen? So you're not selling vibrators right now, but I think there's been, I mean, there's so many news stories about like sex toy sales are on the rise because of COVID-19 and people are spending time at home. And finally, our, like, you know, our public health officials are like, masturbating's good. Like they're going to talk about sex because how do we keep people apart right now? And so I kind of wondering, like, have you like witnessed any like change in that? Or what are your kind of thoughts about like COVID and sex toys and is this maybe the time for people to fully embrace them? Well, I'm pretty sure you can't catch COVID from a sex toy. <laughs> sex toy. So, yeah. hey, that's safe. That's yeah. good. And I think I do agree. Uh, we are home a lot more. And mm-hmm. uh, you will go squirrely if you don't. You don't have something to do to occupy your time. So, and I think if you're, and my, uh, my husband and I did a podcast on sex terms because I was saying to him, you know, like, not everybody has a healthy sex life. And if you've been at home and you're with a partner that might get on your nerves, and I'm blessed that I don't have one that gets on my nerves at all, is you might be finding like, ooh, this is getting stayed really fast. So mm-hmm. it's getting old, right? And a night really, if you think about it, an inexpensive, fun way to shake things up is to just add a toy. Or, mm-hmm. And I, I used to say this in my presentations all the time, mutual masturbation is super hot. Mm-hmm. You do not have to have penetrative sex every time you have sex. So, and that's, you know, gay, straight, whatever you want. It doesn't, uh, watching someone masturbate is extremely erotic. 
Yeah, there's a reason that's like one of the number one things in porn to watch, but it's, really? it's a great way. And if you have a toy, it's a, it's a lot faster yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and it can be wicked powerful. And yeah. also I just think it's, um, it allows your partner to also take control of the toy. You can, you know, like there's so many things that a toy can do that can enhance sensations for people and i i can't recommend them honestly i can't recommend them enough i just love them okay so if you were to have like some like top recommendations for vibrators sex toys i mean there's such a plethora but just there's so many many. (laughs) but maybe for like folks because so many of the questions that i got from from people so i made an instagram poll last week and i was like okay what do people want to know about and i had sex toys on the list and cycle awareness and a few other things and almost everyone was like sex toys give me sex toys i want to know more i was like perfect jasmine's coming on this is exact because i am by no means an expert like i know my toys but i don't know so for people who are starting out just starting out so for a woman who's just starting out or somebody with a Volvo that wants to just kind of get, get going there, uh, the one, the number one toy I think that I, I can safely recommend for anyone because it, it will work is the magic massager, the, the wand, right? Mm-hmm. So um, because it doesn't look like a vibrator, and that's actually the number one reason I recommend it because if, you know, it's like mommy and daddy have this back massager, and she screams in the middle of the night because she's got back pain. What's your problem? Uh, go back to sleep. So uh, that was the number one way I used to sell that toy. It was just like, it's just, and it really is actually a very good back massager. This is the other thing you learn when you, you get over 50. You just, you can't, you can't mop the floors the way you used to. Your back hurts. So it doubles as that. Well, well while you're there, boops. So it's excellent. I really, really recommend that toy. And my latest favorite actually is the Satisfier Pro. Because that that sweet bitch is waterproof. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, the waterproof a waterproof toy just takes things up so many more notches, mm-hmm. and uh, I love it. Uh, so I highly recommend that one. It's a little noisy, but you know, so am I. <laughs> Quite frankly, so, uh, and your neighbors get used to strange things. They just get used to you. <laughs> Is what I'm saying. That's okay. We're all at home a lot more. We just need to be a bit more, you know, what's Bonnie Henry in in BC? She's like our provincial health officer. She's always like, be kind, be safe. So if if that means making a bit of noise because you're at home pleasuring yourself, like that's great, right? That's what you need to be doing. It'll help you be kinder. I think so. It does help you be kinder, actually. (laughs) takes a lot of frustration though. But those are the two that I recommend. And for men, I actually really recommend um, a sleeve. A sleeve toy is just, it used to be the most, the funniest thing that would happen to me. I would sell this thing. Mm-hmm. I'd take it out and I'd say, this is a great uh, self-pleasure for men. And, you know, I'd take it out. And I had to sell it at first. Like they gave us a list of stuff that we had to sell. And then I, I would present it and nobody would use this thing. Like nobody. Mm-hmm. I would never sell it. So I got rid of it. I just sold like maybe two or three of them. And then one of my girlfriends in a party, a subsequent party said, where, where's that sleeve? It's so great. I love that sleeve. I want to get another one for my husband. And I said, what? He's got two penises? (laughs) She said, no, I just want a backup, you know? And I was like, what? But I can't sell it. And so I would beg, beg Lammy. That was my jackass boyfriend at the time. I would just beg him, please, please use this toy. And he would never use it. And then one fine day I left it with, uh, because I had tried everything to get him to use it. And the guy was just, adamant he was not going to use anything for self-pleasure because he had his two hands well why and he had me allegedly so why would he need it that was a very common attitude 
Right. So I said, fine. I left it by his computer with some lubricant and a uh, face cloth. And I said, have a nice night. I went to my meeting, came back and he was all smiles and he loved it. And he, and I swear he carried it around like a baby blanket after that. <laughs> he would not let go. And our breakup was so bad that I was like, I'm going to put thumbtacks in that thing. I'm going to teach you a lesson. But you know, I'm a much kinder, gentler person. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it, the sleeve is great because it's a really good exerciser and it's just, mm. a, it's a nice enhancer. It's, it's, uh, it's so squishy and fun. I mean, if I had a penis, I, I, I would definitely stick it in one. <laughs> I would do it. I would so do it. I don't care what color it is either. Oh, that just sounds so good. Well, and and what is so great though is like, so everyone is listening to the podcast. I'm going to leave links in the episode description to all of these toys so people know where to go get them. But what I love is if you're looking for a, a more in-depth explanation of how they can be used or also like not you can also read it, Sex and Samosas. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. They can. I'm. I'm happy to take questions as well. And if you want, uh, I. I was. I had started a, a toy series actually on YouTube that I was planning on getting, but there's just so much stuff on my plate, and I'm. It's just mm-hmm. I can't get to everything, and it's not my full time job. Yeah. Doing you know the writing and and the stuff, but I would love to be able to blog more about it. So I'm. I'm it is in my plan of things to do, but right now it's. It's not happening right now. But yeah, yeah I agree. I. I there, I would love it because people should have no shame whatsoever about asking questions about, you know, exact how exactly does this work? And that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've never had a toy before, which is one of those questions that came up in that first presentation I was at, well, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do? It's, just, it's like one of those things people just assume, like you said at the beginning, well, you're married, go have some sex and be happy. And apparently that's just supposed to work out. Yeah. But it, <laughs> you're not, not everyone has that kind of instinct and it takes time to fine tune your rhythm with someone and yourself. Like I said, your body changes. We don't get, you know, maps to how we work. There's no manual. Yeah. It, it changes every day. Well, and I, what I love about what you said there is that it's, it's a lifelong, you know, process. And that's so, so much of my work has been working a lot with older adults and talking to them about sex, which people always look at me like, why are you interested in that? Cause I'm 28. But I'm like, well, we're all aging. Like we're hopefully I get to have the privilege of being older. So yeah, I should probably figure out what that might be like. But I think that was just such a, such a poignant thing of figuring out what happens in your body, but then also being open to being like, okay, this is going to change over time. And how exciting is that? You know, like it's exciting, right? This like one routine or this like one thing, if that sure like gets me off. Okay. But probably that's going to change over time or I won't be able to climb on top of my partner as easily. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's like, they don't show you this in porn when you're like, you're giving someone a blow job. You're like, could you help me up now? Because I'm stuck on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. So they don't write that in porn. I don't know why. I I find humor to be the most sexy trait of anything, anyone. Uh, there's nothing sexier than a sense of humor. There really truly isn't. So, and it's the one thing you can count on staying with you for your whole life because your breaths are going to sag, your ass is going to fall, you know, um, <laughs> all kinds of things happen yeah. to, to us physically. Right. But if you can laugh about stuff and you can laugh about stuff with someone, I, mm-hmm. I, I would say that's worth pursuing. That's something magical. actually. Absolutely. Really, 
in my opinion. Yeah, that's actually so great because it, it feeds into so many ideas that I'm having. Like on a previous episode, people asked about red flags in relationship, but also green flags and the humor. Right. What a huge green flag to be like, okay, like we can laugh through this, even if it's something that's like awkward or hard, if you can right. laugh through that. And that's actually what a lot of folks have been asking is how do I not only get a sex drive for myself, but then how do I tell my partner about it without, especially if you're introducing it to like a male partner or someone with a penis, without them feeling emasculated. So does that right. something that came up a lot? Oh my God. This is why Elisa Villani has to play me in the, in the <laughs> TV show because, this didn't, you know, here I was selling vibrators, uh, you know, smoking hot. I was the peak of my uh, everything. I was just like, I was on fire. I had the worst self-esteem you can possibly mm. imagine. I did not see myself that way. I look back now and think, what in the hell was I thinking? And I'm with this person who alleged to be open to everything and, you know, and was encouraging me to, you know, go out, sell toys, make the money. And then I, I would come back and say, oh my, you no, know, it's the company saying we need to practice with this stuff. We are allowed to try all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, let's try it. Right. I'm not going to put that on my dick. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. So I, I, I was constantly having this resistance. And then one fine day we're having sex and he did something that I didn't, I did not enjoy Leah. <laughs> I did not like it. And I said to myself, uh oh, uh, my first thought was I'm going to leave this man and he's going to do this to someone else and I need to stop it. I need to stop it in its tracks. So I'm thinking to myself, how do I say this? It should be fairly easy. Here I am. I'm a, I, you know, basically working in a sex trade of sorts and I sell toys and I'm open and we have, I have great communication. So shouldn't be a problem. Right. So, so here it is. And I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll use some gentle psychological tricks here. I'm not going to, you know, just blurt it out over eggs and bacon. Yeah. So uh, I told him, I said, you know, I really love it when you do this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, of course, I'm really good at that. Okay. And then there was like, but you know, there's just the other night you did this and I, I kind of, I don't like, blah, 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 and that was the end of the conversation. It, it was mm-hmm. ended and I was not allowed to talk about it anymore. And then he brings it up in a restaurant in front of a server. <laughs> it was humiliating, embarrassing, enraging. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, are you kidding me? You don't want to talk about this in the privacy of our own place. And here a server comes and you just, you know, make this passive comment and I'm supposed to just ignore it. It's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, I, but what really is the heart of that story is these are two human beings that do not work well together. Mm-hmm. I did not have the kind of communication skills I'd hope to have with him. And I knew deep down in my heart, if you're going to be with somebody for the long haul, it's not just sex. You're going to have to talk about, you're going to have to have hard conversations about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So if you can't talk about those bigger things, you just, you're not going to be able to go the distance. And I'm Rocky's my favorite movie of all time. And it's all about going the distance. (laughs) (laughs) You'll notice the back of my book. I thank Sylvester Stallone for a reason. Cause I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's a great love story, but it's really about going the distance. Cause that's what life is. You, you want to go the distance with quality. Yeah. Right? And happiness. Definitely. Well, and I think something that's so important is that, unfortunately, as if you've read the book, like a lot of us have encountered our Nick. We've had our Nick in our lives who's yeah. just an asshole, right? And yeah. and I've talked a bit about that was like my first like long-term relationship as well. And just not at all about honoring your own pleasure and then just feeling so insecure. And like, I, you know, I was only like 16, 17 at the time, but even at that point to not have any confidence in myself. Well, you bring up a great point though, because you know, when you're younger and you're in a long-term relationship, what I think a lot of women tend to do to each other is support 
even toxic relationships mm-hmm. for the sake of being in a relationship. Yes. It's a huge mistake, right? Oh, you know, don't worry, Leah. I was with this guy once and he did that once. And, but then it turned out fine. Or I know somebody who was in a relationship like that. And then it turned out fine, you know, or he, he just hasn't found his grounding. It's always making excuses yeah. up for him mm-hmm. and not saying, you know what, girl, get the hell out. You can do so yes. much better. Or why would you, why are you putting up with this? Yeah. Why are you justifying that kind of behavior? And I yes. think, it can be hard to talk about sex toys with a partner, even if you do have really great communication, it, it can be hard. Right. And and so yeah. using like that humor is a huge part of it. But yeah. if you bring up like, hey, I'm really interested in trying out this thing because I think it'll be really pleasurable. So you're not coming at it from like a deficit model of being like our sex life is bad, but it's right. like, oh, how how can we enhance and, and really try all these different things together? But if that person is is really resistant and really shuts you down, they're indicating to you that maybe they won't actually be a good partner who can go the distance with you if they're not willing Correct. to communicate. And yeah. not to say that we can't have um, initial reactions and maybe not actually how we feel, because it, it can be a little scary to be like, okay, like my partner wants to use this. And then that little insecure voice being like, it's because I'm not good enough. But instead, it's like, how do you, again, make sure you're in like a calm, comfortable place, maybe not like sitting in the bedroom about to have sex and be like, I think we should try this toy. It's like, uh, we could talk about it at another time when we're a bit more calm and incorporate humor into that. Like, I'm trying to think of like, okay, like what would be a good line to like get going on that? I love what you said about, you know, mutual masturbation is so hot. We framed it around. It's so hot. Right? So, so hot. If you just said, it would be so hot if we tried this together. Like, hopefully that could be like a little, a launch pad to future hot things you'll do together. Right. Yeah. Well, this is exactly because this used to come up and I did all my presentations were at the end of it, it was over 300. And I think of them, I did obviously a lot of bachelorette parties. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of women uh, squealing and screaming and the bride's all dressed up and she's got something on her head or whatever. This is why I incorporated it into the, uh, into my novel. Um, And I broken up two weddings in the course of the 300 parties, (laughs) two two marriages never happened simply because of that conversation I would have. Like I would get, it depended on where I was in my own course of my lamminess, because at one point I know I was extremely bitter and upset. I was like, this is what launched sex and samosas. I was actually doing a bachelorette party for a Bollywood uh, themed wedding. And mm-hmm. the, the bride was just this like, gorgeous brown girl with just all like 16 beautiful friends. And they were just mm-hmm. stunning, like off the pages of magazines. And I was so bitter and so <laughs> resentful of their beauty and, and their perfect little lives and marrying little brown boys and all the things I thought I was going to do. And I didn't break up her wedding, but I did, <laughs> I did have a very meaningful conversation with a lot of those women. But one party, I, one bachelorette party I did have, I was, I was espousing this kind of thing. Like, you know, when you bring in toys to the relationship, obviously that's why the sleeve was such a a big hit when I figured out how to sell it. It's like, you give him this for him. It's for him. And now this is for you and it can be for both of you. And, you know, like I would bring up different ways you could incorporate gently introducing toys so that you're not just like, apparently at your Christmas dinner is talking about (laughs) just like bringing it up over mixed company. So um, I, I was bringing this up and I remember the bride looked very upset and I was thinking, well, I don't really care because I was just broken up with Lamb. You know, I was like, I don't care who we ask to hear this. If yeah. you're not on the same page in a relationship, you will not be able to go the distance. You have to, your ideals have to line up. Your values have to line up. 
your sex drive doesn't have to line up, but your sexual acceptance has mm-hmm. to line up. So I, I may not like that you want to watch porn all the time, but mm-hmm. I, I, I won't take it personally. And if it, it makes you happy and it makes you horny, then let's find a way to work together so that we're both comfortable with it, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. she came to me afterwards and she was bawling. I was like, why are you crying? You have $400 to spend woman. Like, what is your problem? And she yeah. said, Oh, you can't marry, you know, Jack is all, he's the worst. And he's no, we're not on the same page. And I felt horrible. And, mm-hmm. um, that wedding was called off, but it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. She had realized, you know, the more I was talking, she, she did want to try these things and she knew that he wasn't going to do any of it. So, and she wasn't happy. And then there's always, there's more to it always at the root. It's not about sex. It's just sex is one of the leaves on the tree. I think it's not the base. It's not the root of of a relationship. And I'm talking about relationship with yourself also Mm -hmm. as well. Right. So, um, that was, I have a couple of those stories. So (laughs) again, good reason that would make a really good show. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and and like I, I can imagine how difficult that would be in that moment of being like, okay, I have to kind of deal with this heartbreak, and knowing that you being very honest was a spark for that. But think of how much heartache that saved as well, though. And yeah. Yeah. the sooner that you know, yeah, a partner can indicate to you that like I love what you said there because that's a lot of I think the fears and the worries a lot of my listeners have is I have a really high libido, my partner has a low libido, and it's trying to figure out your sexual compatibility. But I love how you frame that around sexual acceptance. It's like we're not, a lot of the time, how are you going to be like emotionally, your values, all of these things are going to line up perfectly. Well, they don't because again, this isn't Disney. And (laughs) yeah, that just won't happen. So You have to be able to have that sexual acceptance of being like, okay, like if I have a really high libido, then I get to like use these toys and do other things that will bring me pleasure. But yeah, knowing that that's not going to cause tension in the relationship, that it can be something you explore together. That's such a wonderful way of, of looking at that. I hope listeners that like helps with a lot so many questions are I I feel like I could like go through and ask them all to you but I feel like you've you've answered a lot of them and what's great actually one of them was how to get or hide sex toys while living with your nosy parents and so the wand is an excellent idea you're like oh like my back is so sore it's just a back massager And I'm screaming because of sciatica. It has nothing to do with, you know, but why are you changing the sheets all the time? Well, I'll just, uh, okay. (laughs) Laundry. (laughs) Oh, I love that toy so much. I remember the first time I had a G-spot orgasm and I realized also that also with my partner, Lammy, the asshole, (laughs) sorry, I don't know if I could say that on your show, but there you go. He was a jerk. Um, And I was so, so excited because I was by myself. And I was like, I just got this new toy. And I was like, oh my God. And he came home and I was like, I got to tell you the story. I got to tell you the story. You got to tell it. And he's just all mad about work and stuff like that. I said, no, no, I got a really good story. So I told him and, you know, he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it wasn't with him. Right. So I, he had a huge uh, ish, e- ego right. issue. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the, well, that was moment that G-Spot Orgasm taught me. One of the most important things I've ever, ever learned in life is tell your problems to like-minded people mm-hmm. because he did not appreciate that story. And then later that night, I called my girlfriend who's also was selling toys. And I'm like, you got to hear the story. <laughs> you got to hear what happened to me. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. What did you do? Tell me exactly. I want to do it too. And I felt validated. So it's, it was really important that I, and that's a little piece of advice that I, I, I give to everybody. It's like, I've, I've learned a 
probably three things in life, two of which I can't remember because I think one of them was write down what you learned in life. <laughs> so, um, the first most important thing is tell your problems to like-minded people. And if your partner is somebody that is not like-minded, and like, again, I go back to values and your, and your ideals lining up that you're going to have problems down the road. It's, it's yeah. almost a guarantee, right? So mm-hmm. it's not all, it's, and this is what I used to stress. Sex toys is not about sex, mm-hmm. right? It's about, it's about life. It's about beauty. It's about the majesty that is the human body. And it's so beautiful. And it's such mm-hmm. a gift to have this feeling this this orgasm is it's, it's indescribable. That passage where my character actually has the orgasm took me almost six months to write. It took so long to perfect that small little piece of a book. And it's probably the normal, the, the thing that I get the most compliments about is that chapter. It, it, it's, it's so hard to capture a feeling and put it into words. And that's when I realized I'm like, oh, you're, you're a writer. That's what you are, girl. And that's what I would like to be able to do. My girlfriend and I are currently working on a screenplay for women that are in their 50s. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing with a sexual desire that comes when you're in that later stage of your life and mm-hmm. how, um, how that's also so, still not something that women have a right to really good sex. You know, thinking that you're really good at something doesn't mean that you are good at something. It, we're, it's, mm-hmm. You're constantly got to grow. And then sex toys help you do that. So they help you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Absolutely. Well, and and it helps you figure out what's going on with your body. And anytime that we can be more in tune with not only what's happening like physically, but emotionally, because I say all the time on this podcast, and I love that it's in your book, how like your biggest sex organ is your brain. Like that's a place where orgasm happens. That's a place where all these things happen. And so if you can start to align those things, then it feels like other things in your life are like a bit easier. Like, I don't know, like if, if I've had an orgasm or two, I'm like, I'm a total badass and now I'm like, I can go conquer the world. That's great. And then if I start feeling low again, okay, I should just have another one and like keep that going. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. I think that's in the book too. Uh, Like, you know, she's just going around thinking, did Brenda have an orgasm? Is Joni having an orgasm? Like, is everybody else? Why are these people so miserable? (laughs) Why is this person so happy? Maybe they're having an orgasm. Everyone should have an orgasm. I really think it's such a lovely thing. And not every woman can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, just speaking of women, because I do bring up uh, female genital mutilation and I do bring mm-hmm. up this, that, that that's actually was the impetus for writing the book, but I, I wanted it to be very subtle mm-hmm. and not uh, like punching your face kind of life lesson. This, this yeah. must never happen. It has to stop kind of thing. So there's, there are obviously the, the body is the human body is not, you know, your pleasure center is not one little tiny thing. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the be all end all, but it's definitely, <laughs> it's my best friend <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's everything I mean every single yeah. human being has a different erotic spot on their body and I think it's mm-hmm. so much fun to try to find it I just finished reading the uh the chapter three of my novel and my audiobook where they're playing mm-hmm. a sex game and it was one of those fun games I really love selling that game it's a nice way to find different things to do while having a conversation under the guise of saying we're actually just playing the game but I think I might bring something up here because it's a safe space yeah. so that's a cool way to do things too Game, humor, massage, and finding those other like erogenous and erotic zones on on yes. our bodies, right? Is it's such a, a powerful thing that it's not just your genitals. It can be so so yes. much more than that. So much more. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I just I, I just want to get a final thought from you. Like if if you sure. could leave listeners, folks, with just one piece of advice about vibrators, like what do you want them to know going out into the world? I want them to know that it's okay. 
it's okay to not want to use them. It's okay to want to, to explore something new. But the most important thing is if you don't know how your body works, how are you going to explain it to someone else? How are you going to get pleasure out of it if you don't know what gives it pleasure? Mm-hmm. So I, I really find that's the key because you can always manipulate or move like, you know, your body to, to adjust to the, what you know works for you. And the way, the best way to find out what works for you is with a toy. Like it's one of the best ways. I mean, old school, you, if you are blessed with 10 fingers and toes, although I'm not really sure how you use your toes. I'm not that dexterous, <laughs> but if you, if you want to go old school, that's cool too. But uh, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I can't recommend them enough just because I think life is so short. And this is just one of those things that that makes life so much more beautiful is, is knowing how your body works, the magnificence of what it's capable of, uh, mm-hmm. that joy, that ecstasy, that pressure that you can take off yourself mm-hmm. when you know that you can reach orgasm on your own. And it doesn't have to always be about orgasm. There's plenty of times where I played with a toy and I'll get right to the brink and then I'll just go out into the world. And I actually really enjoy that. <laughs> it's like, I'm always feeling like I'm half finished something and I'm not quite done. And sometimes I'll just, you know, rub up against something and think, ooh, and that can be fun too. Because sometimes life is shitty. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's awful and it sucks not in a good way. So you got to find ways to make it pleasurable. And this is one of the easiest ways to make it pleasurable for me anyway. That's so amazing. Uh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. And Thank I you. You've answered so many questions, and then I'm sure I'm going to get a million more people being like, but what about this? So <laughs> I'll keep you posted. But yeah, I just really okay, appreciate please. it. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on your show. All neat and tidy. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you've heard that before. No, never, never. Of course not. Of course not. Nobody calls me Jismin either. <laughs> that's never happened. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to the Love Doctor podcast. Next week is the last episode of season one. And to commemorate it, I interview a very special guest. Now, this guest has known me my entire life. Without her, I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You guessed it. My mom and I are going to sit down and have the talk. And I can't wait to share it with you. Now, if you have questions that you want to ask of me or my mom, then send a voice memo to thelovedoctorpodcast at gmail.com. And I will do my darndest to get it on the show. You can also check me out on Instagram or Twitter. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review. Till then, folks, stay healthy, stay safe, stay consensual.